everybody, we are back for another week of Megasheen, the podcast that talks about all geeky things from a queer, blurred perspective. Um, this is Victor and Nick. What's going on, y'all? And, you know, we have a very special guest, somebody that you've seen on the Twitterverse, somebody that's... I would say she's prevalent in the blurred community and as well as the uh, film film world. Yep. Uh, somebody that I admire. Yes. We have Rebecca Theodore. Oh, thank you, guys. Thank you for having me. All right. We're glad to have you on today. We have a lot <laughs> to talk about, so we are just going to have fun today. <laughs> So, what has everybody been up to this past week or so? Rebecca, um, I'll start with you. Yes. Oh, me? Oh. <laughs> um, I am just, uh, what was it? Uh, I was just talking to a friend of mine about Black Panther. I've seen it. I've already seen it twice. And um, uh, I think he shared my friend, you know, from Vanity Fair was uh, Ryan Coogler, where he was doing sort of like an anatomy of the scene where he was breaking down the casino fight scene. Mm-hmm. And I just never get tired of watching that. Because yeah. <laughs> there's so many things that I didn't catch, like the first time I saw Black Panther, like, um, you know, the that the characters, that T'Challa, Okoye, and, um, and Nakia's character were dressed in red, black, and green, which are the color of the Pan-African flag. Mm-hmm. Totally missed that. Oh. Yeah, yeah. I was like, what? Yeah. To see Black Panther again, it was just like, wow. Yeah, yeah. It was, it was really cool. But yeah, like this week is, is kind of cool. Next week is gonna be, uh, well, Oscars are this Sunday. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So yeah. Oh yeah, they are this Sunday. I totally forgot. Yep. I'm in DC, so therefore we. I know. Um, a part of our, the group that I'm with, we're not doing anything, but they're watching the Oscars. I may jump in every once in a while and watch it, but yeah. I have to go to a charity event, and I'll probably be drunk afterwards, so. <laughs> <laughs> if we keeping it honest, you know, folks down here love to drink, honey. I guess so. See, I always feel like I'm, I, I, I don't know what happened to me. I feel like I've gotten older, and I just, I try to drink this weekend. So I went to Vegas this weekend. And I um, was there, but I went, as I, <laughs> see, people have been clowning on me lately because of why I went. I went to go see Donnie and Marie. Uh-huh. Now, everybody was like, um, so you out here caping for this white brother and sister. I was like, yes, because I love Donnie and Marie. I grew up with Donnie and Marie. And, and we do it for Michael McDonald, too. You know, uh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> see? So I went to go see them, you know, because I grew up with them. And, you know, yes, they're Mormon. But, you know, Marie went up on the cross when her daughter came out of the cross to basically say to the Mormon church, you either accept her or you just don't take us at all. So, you know, I give her a little bit of credit. Plus, Marie is one of those classic, you know, struggling white women who always went through something, but you find yourself watching it. You know how we watch, like, certain characters on TV, like Sue Ellen or... (laughs) Somebody. Oh my God, Swell. Oh my God. <laughs> Ooh, that woman. Yeah, I, I used to watch Dallas. See, so that tells me we're probably in the same age range. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think we yeah. are. We are. We are actually. And so we are. Yeah, yeah. I used to watch Dallas, and I was just like, she, like Linda, the actress who played her, Linda Gray. Mm-hmm. That woman, like, she could play pathos like so 
perfectly. Like, yeah, yeah. Suella was always a hot mess. If she wasn't drinking, or JR wasn't doing <laughs> something to her, it was just like, I yeah. Know. But she's like one of those un unsung actresses from the 80s. Like, yeah. she put in a lot of work, yeah. you know? Like, she never... Because the other actress that I think about who was sort of like that, that was more on the daytime side, was Judith Light, yeah, uh, which played yeah. Karen on One Life to Live. Mm-hmm. And stuff, and then, but Judith Light has like this really prestigious career now. You know what I mean? Yeah. TV, film, yeah. Well, TV, Broadway, yeah. and all of that. And it's like Linda Gray never popped off like that. But yeah. I felt like both of them were equally talented. Yeah, just... yeah, I totally agree. And so when I, I went to watch them, and you know, uh, you know, they are they still got it. They are really good. Donny Osmond. I, I was uh, again. I think he's sixty three, but he was out here dancing, keep it on beat. What? Make you know doing these steps, somewhat hip hop steps, um, and then mm -hmm. his voice sounds great. I was saying that he's like Beyonce; he's able to do all of this and sound good. And he's sitting up here, sixty three years old. So I'm just like, okay, this is why I came. I'm all excited. I was the only black person there. I have a room of five hundred and twenty. Because oh <laughs> <laughs> we did my friend. My my friend was like, "Am I the only Latino?" It's like, "Are we the only people of color in here?" And it looked like we were the only people of color in there. Um, cause Peter, my friend Peter is Latino. So it was he, me and him, we were laughing. In fact, we're the only people of color here. We were hoping that maybe they come out in the audience and be like, Ooh, look at our, we got our, you know, our colored fans out here. But I see, I would have had a problem with that. Well, I, they wouldn't do that. <laughs> well, you know, they, it was funny cause you know, they've been, they've been doing this for 50 years. So I was all excited. I saw them. Um, we were in Vegas. I took a bus to Vegas, which I would not recommend anybody to ever do is take a bus well, you can take a bus, but I had people on there that you just would not believe. And so, you know, listening to stories about, you know, having sex or having one night stands with managers of Dollar Tree and all that stuff was fascinating. But wow. I'm just saying Vegas is a place that you only go because it is an event. You just don't go for any other reason. So yeah, um, that's very true. Yeah. So, you know, that was that was me in a nutshell. What about you, Nick? Um... You know, I don't do shit, but stay black and die, you know. Um, I'm busy because I don't watch, I haven't watched any of the Marvel Netflix series except for Luke Cage. So I'm going back and watching Daredevil. Mm -hmm. And I think I'm like on season, episode 10 of the first season. Mm -hmm. um, and I still don't see Vincent D'Onofrio as a villain. Mm -hmm. It's just yeah. like... When he talks, it seems like he's trying to get something out of his throat. Uh -oh. <laughs> you don't see like, it? Y'all don't see it? Like, I see it. I'm like, boy, if you don't get some water and <laughs> gargle that shit out. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a really good uh, first season. I feel mm -hmm. the second one might let me down because only because they have the Punisher and he's like this sad white boy with a gun and mm -hmm. I'm not in the mood for that. <laughs> yeah. Other than, it's good yeah. No, I, I, um, with the second season, um, but yeah, there's definitely, um, with the Punisher being on the second season, there's definitely a, a different energy, I, sh I should say, mm -hmm. for Daredevil okay. season yeah. two. So it'll be, once you watch it, it'll be interesting. It, it, you can hit me up on Twitter. We'll have, we'll have a discussion, see what you think about okay. it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And Madam Gal, um, She's that bitch. Yep. Like, look, <laughs> if you don't fall in line, then I'm going to have to take it up with me, myself, and I, and you're not going to like it. 
<laughs> like, go Basically. ahead, girl. Yeah. <laughs> but other than that, um, not much else. All right. Well, let's get on into Aunt May's tea then. You know, let's get in there and let's talk about what's been going on this week. Yes, let's. And let's start off with something well, I think is good news. Um, so Joss Wheaton is leaving the Batgirl <laughs> movie. Which I thought was good because <laughs> we don't need another white man telling the story of a perspective that he doesn't have any clue about. Right. And he said something that really pissed me off in the mm-hmm. article. I think it was on Hollywood Reporter. Okay. And he said, it took me months to realize I didn't have a story. So, okay, this girl, it took you months to know that you didn't have shit, but you got on here just because of your name. He did. And I understand that's that luxury he has as... Yep. As, mm-hmm. as a white male, yes. Also as a person, because he's still riding high on Buffy and, and Firefly and Dollhouse and even the first Avengers. Because remember, because of his work with that and that they hit those big ass numbers, he has that clout. But I feel like we are moving in a direction now that to say like, Josh, you're great. Yes. But there's other people who can do this too. And it's time to let them do it. Even though I am a Joss fan, mostly because of Buffy, I... I I still was able to look back and say, yeah, the fact that you was able to sit here and waste time, is you that means you have a lot of privilege. Um, and so it's time for you to step out. And I'm glad you stepped out to let somebody else do it. I hope he recommended some people and hopefully people of color. But um, we'll see how that goes. But I, 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 I did agree that I was, I was actually happy. I was like, yeah, yeah, you need to step back. You need to step back. He needed to do the dream mats and move, move, <laughs> please move. Rebecca, what did you think of that? Well, there's a couple of things. Like one, it was sort of like, I don't understand how you had all this time and you couldn't come up with a story. I mean, there's plenty of source material through the comic books. I mean, I haven't read Batgirl that mm-hmm. much. I mean, I, you know, I know about her. I haven't read the yeah. comics myself, but I mean, he works for DC. It was nothing for you to go into the archives and, and find some story. Mm-hmm. Um, for her and you know then there's the other thing too where I mean Joss was um, when uh, Zack Snyder had a had a family tragedy mm-hmm. um, you know Joss Whedon is the one who stepped in to finish uh, doing Justice League mm-hmm. which didn't do that well I'm guessing that you know when Warner's hired him to um, you know finish Justice League they were like oh you know he did Marvel you know MCU's doing well I'm, I'm mm-hmm. sure that's what they were thinking yeah. so you know because the whole time uh, at least while J- Joss was um, while Zack Snyder was directing it um, he was saying how they were going for a lighter mm-hmm. because BVS you know critically it was just panned you know people were like it was too dark it was just it was too grim it was too serious mm-hmm. and so I guess you know they were looking kind of replicate the special sauce that the MCU has um, with Joss Whedon, and it just didn't work. (laughs) I mean, Justice League is a little bit better than BVS, and that's not saying much, you know what I mean? And and so I think that's what they were looking for, and so it's just kind of embarrassing now, where now he's like, you know, he didn't do that well with, um, you know, with Justice League. I'm wondering if he just 
kind of said that to save face. I don't know if Warner's fired him. I'm not sure. Hmm. Um, but yeah, that I just thought that was that was kind of weird. And you know what? That th that story kind of reminded me of something that happened a couple of years ago. Tony hack. And I remember like all of these emails and correspondence got leaked between, you know, yeah. directors and mm -hmm. executives and everything. And one of the projects that Sony had at the time, um, they had bought an adaptation of this book called The Flash Boys. And it was basically like um, uh, it, the real person was Brett, Brad Katsuyama. Mm -hmm. I think he was Japanese American, but, but definitely Asian American. Um, and it was, you know, he created this whole company in light of, you know, the Wall Street scandals or whatever. Mm -hmm. And so uh, Sony brought the rights to it. Um, and then um, they were supposed to adapt it. <laughs> what is his name? Aaron Sorkin was supposed to write the script, right? I think I remember that. And yes. then it was like they found in the in the Sony hack there was an, an exchange of emails between Aaron Sorkin and the Sony executives because they were like, "Where's this script? You know, we 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 paid you money. You know, we need to go into pre production. Where is mm -hmm. this script?" And so I'm assuming that Aaron Sorkin was bullshitting you know what i'm saying yeah. and uh -huh. hadn't worked on the script and in the email he was like well i don't even know why we why i need to work on this script because <laughs> even if i write it who are we going to cast as the lead because there's no asian american uh stars like there's mm -hmm. no a-list um, asian american stars. so really what's the point of even doing this project because it seems to me that sony wanted to whitewash the role yeah and so I was like, oh, my God. Yeah. And so I was just laughing. So when I saw the whole thing with Joss Whedon, it just kind of reminded me of that. Yeah. Just like these white men, like, you know, these white men in power, whether screenwriters or directors that are just given these chances that people of color and marginalized people would kill for. Yeah. Kill for an mm -hmm. opportunity like that. And they're just dropping the ball. And it's like. It's it's just unfortunate, you know. It very it's, it's very unfortunate, especially when you think about the fact that the DCU is struggling. Oops. Mm -hmm. As the and you feel like that this is the time for them to sit down and go like we need to clean the slate and look at what's happening right now. Black Panther has laid it out that they need to either diversify who's in the office, who's in the room, who is producing, who is writing, or something. Mm -hmm. And the fact that they have. You're right. Batgirl has tons of things to go on. She has been remade three times. There's Cassandra Cain. There is Stephanie. And there's Bar Barbara Gordon. They have three different right. Batgirls they can play on um, to really give us a character. So I, the fact that Joss Hollow and Sam, um, it took me all this time. I was like, the fact that you had the ability to take this time to waste uh -huh. is fascinating to me. Because I was thinking... You know, would they have given Ryan Coogler, if he didn't do Black Panther, would they have given him this amount of time to make the difference? Because they announced this like months ago that he was doing this. Right. I want to say like near the end of the summer, we we was hearing talks about this. Um, and so I feel like that the fact that <laughs> the fact that we're sitting up here like, oh, I, I'm just going to step down. It's funny because, yeah, we don't know what really happened, but it's the he had, again, that privilege of I'm just going to step down because I don't really have anything so somebody else do it you know I, it's just funny to me and the fact that the studio wasted time and money because I know he got paid so I'm simply yeah, going like, he did. Uh -huh. like he really did. And he, probably, he probably still has some sort of contract with Warners where you know I don't know I don't know what his contract looks like but mm. you know how it is for yeah. a lot of these white male directors it doesn't matter like 
you know, how much they F up, they'll still have, you know, a job. Wasn't it, um, who's that director? This happened over um, Thanksgiving weekend and I was just laughing the whole time. Um, remember they they were doing the, the the Freddie Mercury biopic, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. And it was Brian Singer, Brian and then Singer, yes. he didn't show up. He like he did that. Uh, yeah, he would run around being mad. He said it was family issues, and then he would, he threw something at um, throwing shit at uh, oh, was it Oscar Isaac? No, 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 it was bad. Oh, the was... Mr. Robot. The actor yeah. Oh, Rami. Uh, yeah. Oh God, what is his name? You remember. you had it. I'm gonna look right now. I have bad mm-hmm. memory. But yeah, he threw like what a shoe or something. <laughs> like something. Throwing, and I said, like, first of all, he's throwing stuff in here. And you know what was the crazy part? Um, oh, Rami, Rami Malek, Rami Malek. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay. that, that play. Yeah, the crazy thing is like, so all of that was like playing in real time over Thanksgiving weekend. You know what I mean on on social media because then you know uh, Fox put out a statement saying that you know they're they're finding a new director or whatever and then my friend told me he was like a friend of mine was like this is not the first time that brian singer has done this because they had the same problems with him with um superman returns the Mm -hmm. one with brandon ruth Mm -hmm. and kevin spacey Mm -hmm. he pulled the same crap and so warners was like well i'll never work we're never going to work with you again that's why he never came back for another you Mm -hmm. know superman or dc movie but it's, it's just it fascinating sarcastically here but it's just fascinating how you could mess up that badly with such a mm-hmm. major project and then you can still go on like we would never get second chances like that i know but, that for a fact very true and or have the scandals the fact yeah. that he has right. so many scandals and they We're still check it for him he still got to do <laughs> stuff on still got yeah. to do on um, gifted all that stuff i'm just like Dude, okay, you got scandals, you got all this stuff, and yet they still giving you a check. So, yep. <laughs> oh lord, it's just messy. It is, it is. But I'm very curious about who they will actually give Batgirl to. Again, if they pay attention to what's happening right now, they need to be looking at, you know, women directors. The fact that Roxane Gay, who has written comics, has actually said something. Who's written comics and. Mm-hmm. Had um, best-selling books, even Gail Simone, right. somebody who's very familiar with the character, she's even said, I'm, "I'm open to do it. Change it up, y'all. Y'all can get these people in there, get and get a, get a story. You need a win. You have nothing but L's on the table, besides Wonder <laughs> Woman. The only win they have right now. I mean, the funny thing is that even though the movies have been critically plant, uh, critically panned, mm-hmm. you know, BBS made over 800 mil. Yeah. Justice League." I think Justice League is like at 700 worldwide. I, I forget what their yeah. box office number is. I mean, box office wise, they're not hurting for money, but mm-hmm. like rep wise, like they're like the joke. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And it's just like, and for me, have getting Roxanne Justice League is, that would be huge. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Justice League made $657 million. Worldwide and Black Panther's already best. I know, that. made right. that in two hours. Let me quit. What are y'all doing with yourselves? But yeah. yeah, I think you know Roxanne Gay is is would be a, a great get, and that would be mm-hmm. like a right a, a step in the right direction. Mm-hmm. And um, I have a friend of mine, Mark Mark Bernadin, mm-hmm. um, who wrote an article for um, Hollywood Reporter. Mm-hmm. It was published today, where he was basically talking about you know. 
um, now with the success of Black Panther, can we finally stop with this nonsense that Black movies and Black leads don't sell overseas, right? Mm -hmm. And then, you know, um, I, I, I think it was this article, it was another one, where they were like, you know, how can DC replicate no, this was actually a different article. Uh, someone else had written an article um, basically uh, saying this is how DC could replicate the success of Black Panther on mm. their side, right, with their Black characters. Mm. And, I mean, DC has some great Black superheroes. You've got Vixen. You've got, you know, Jon Stewart as Green Lantern. You've got well, the, the Milestone route and, you know, get Icon and Rocket and all of them. Yeah. I mean, there's... A static shock oh my god right. cyborg like they mm. have a, a great roster of black mm. uh superhero characters but the thing is it's not the thing is what marvel was able to do with black panther it didn't just happen yeah you know what right. i'm saying like they like they years, like, so. like it was, there was something there was a, a an absolute plan like you know when they had the d23 expo 14, 2015, when they announced that Chadwick Boseman mm -hmm. was going to play uh, T'Challa in Civil War, right? So it was this huge mm -hmm. announcement. They live streamed it. Everybody's like, because everybody was wondering who were they going to cast as Black Panther? And then, right. you know, they, um, you know, they said because they had seen uh, 42 and, you know, they really loved his performance and mm -hmm. they felt that he could embody T'Challa. So that was in the plan. And then you know, they introduced him in Civil War and he was one of the best things in that movie, right? So yeah. just even establishing that, mm -hmm. him in there, he's someone who's, you know, kind of like neutral. He doesn't take anyone's side. Um, and then that was the launching board by, you know, getting Brian Coogler, you know, they saw, you know, Fruitvale Station and Creed mm -hmm. and all of this from, 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 you know, the casting of Chadwick Boseman to getting Ryan Coogler and getting this incredible cast together for Black Panther, that was because they had a Black producer, right, with Nate Moore. Like, he was in the room mm -hmm. with Kevin Feige. It's like, because, you know, Nate Moore is the one that said, hey, yeah. th this is the time for us to bring mm -hmm. Black Panther into, um, into the MCU. Mm -hmm. We'll bring him into Civil War. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And then he's the one who suggested Ryan Coogler to them. So it's, it's not just the representation in front of the camera, it's not just enough for DC to just make black superhero movies. It's you need to have that infrastructure where you actually have people of color and black people behind the scenes yes. that are also making those mm -hmm. decisions, directing those movies. Like I'm not gonna accept, I'm, I'm gonna keep it real. I'm not gonna accept a cyborg movie that's written by a white dude. I don't want that. I don't want I don't want a white director and I sure as hell don't want a white screenwriter mm -hmm. for Cyborg. Yeah. If if you're not going to get people of color to write it, what's the point? Mm -hmm. Same for Vixen. I would I would absolutely refuse any type of Vixen movie yeah. if it was written, you know, other than black women and directed mm -hmm. by black women. That's just my personal thing. Or at least a woman of color. Like yeah. I'm not going to accept a Vixen. Well, I don't know if you guys saw the the animated series, the the little Mini. Oh, yeah. oh, such garbage! Like she was four minutes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Like, that's all we got. <laughs> and you niggas are just gonna have to deal with it. Like, what? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, to be to be fair, they do have the live action version of mm. Vixen that's going into the mm. third season of uh, Legend of Tomorrow. Mm. Um, I think the actress's name is Maisie Richardson Sellers. Um, you know, and and she. 
definitely has a fan following. But even then, when they gave us the vixen, it wasn't Mari McCabe. It was her. It's her grandmother. Her. But like, because remember they introduced her with uh, Megan. Megan Etchik. Yeah. Megalyn. Yeah. Um, I'm switching her name, but you remember, like, they introduced her like in the fourth uh, season of Arrow, yeah. and then it was like when they were saying that um, they were going to bring Vixen on uh, Vixen on Legends of Tomorrow. It wasn't even Megalyn; it was someone else. So I don't know if it was Megalyn's schedule or whatever. Yeah. But I mean, at least on the live action version on the TV, she seems to be doing well. All I'm saying is that a, a big screen version of Vixen, I'm not going to accept any white creatives writing, writing or directing it. And, That's I, and, I'm, and I also keep it real, I'm not going to accept any biracial versions of Vixen because as we look at the character, <laughs> I just feel like, because she got lighter and lighter, you know, with the first one, the first version, you know, we were, we were all excited when they first announced she was going to be on Arrow. And I was just yeah. like, you don't want to overlook it, even though she is high, like, high yellow to me, and I'm going to let that mm-hmm. go. But then when they brought in her grandmother, I was thinking, her grandmother? Because shouldn't her grandmother, because if you know the history of Vixen, right. her family is, what, is from Africa, and I don't get me, I'm mm-hmm. not going to mess because I think it's another mythical place, I think, maybe. Right. Um, but then I'm just like, okay, well, y'all couldn't, I was like, okay, so if y'all going to do a movie... She needs to be brown, chocolate. She needs to be lacquer. <laughs> like, we need to do that. Quit with this whole light skin. Like, quit trying to blend. Like, I think, I feel like when they do that, they're trying to bring in both, you know, both parties. Stop. As you see with Black Panther, we didn't need to bring in both parties. We, we just had everything just fine. So, yeah. Right. You know, like, hey, DC, hell, if you hire me, I'll come in. You can hire me for six months. Let me just come in and just... Basically, just sit there in the room and just say, this is what I'm thinking. This is what, not what everybody who's of color thinking, but this is a good idea of things. And so I will, you know, y'all need to get this together because we are tired of y'all. We don't want you to lose. I think, Nick, you said this plenty of times. We don't want you to lose. We right. Really don't. Like DC has some, I think DC has better stories as yes. far as like mm-hmm. human stories than Marvel. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I can't want, I can't want it for you. <laughs> listen i don't know what the heck is going on over there see the thing is you can't have these conversations it like it's hard to have these kind of conversations on social media like on twitter uh-huh. and public mm-hmm. because like dc fans i think there's a difference between dc fans and the standom and i mean that with mm-hmm. a st okay i'm talking about the standoms where they're just like any type of critique of dc they just go on like you know, mm-hmm. they're just losing it. And I'm just like, can we just have a like a mature conversation and just can we just say like there's there are problems over at DC. Mm-hmm. There are problems, okay? Yeah. And like sweeping it under the it's not going to help it going on social media and harassing other people because mm-hmm. they may say, Hey, maybe if you guys could do this or maybe I didn't like this. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Maybe yeah. we can have a conversation. Like I'm not really sure what's going on with DC. It just seems to me like they just they didn't have a plan. That's really what it feels like to me. It's just mm-hmm. now they're just, it just feels like they're just trying to catch up mm-hmm. to the MC. And it, and it's just like every, like, is it me or like every week there's some weird, bizarre talking about they want to do a Joker movie, a standalone Joker movie, which, um, who is it? Joaquin Phoenix, right? Girl. And I was just like, guys, can we kind of get like some kind of, 
cohesion like there and then you know there's supposed to be the nightwing movie but then they just reported that the director uh the person who's supposed to direct nightwing uh chris mckay he's already signed on to like the dungeons and dragons <laughs> adaptation for paramount so i don't know on the on the nightwing movie and that so you know what i mean so yeah. there's just like it's just these one-offs that they're just doing here and i'm like cohesive shared universe at least somewhere yeah. where things kind of connect to each other and make sense like yeah. i don't know it, I, you know they, would, they just found their new directors for the true. flash after I, you know i, you I was to, saying that basically black director and you scare him off so yeah um, oh wow. yeah no i was saying that you know and that's in the real world in mm -hmm. the real job those would have been fired already like if we wasn't seeing results they'd be like okay you know what you need to pack your bags and just yes. go you need because the fact that they're able just to sit there and kool-aid in an office like this and not in the results though i'm just like you know who's ever sitting up in warner brothers y'all should be like brave and be like you know what everybody get here we're about to we're about to pour bleach rice in here we are about to start all the way over again we'll say this was um earth two or earth six and then we're about to say uh, like which one are we based on? Well, this is this is not well. This would be Earth One. This would be the Earth One. This version. But personally, okay. But I will argue that this is Earth Two and a Half or One and a Half. But I agree with that. Quarters. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, isn't that the reason why they said that they that's the reason why they do they have two different actors playing on like the D like there's mm -hmm. there's two Supermans, two Flashes, mm -hmm. two. It's because they're because I think like um, the, the Arrowverse, that's Earth one, right? I, I think, yeah, in that world. Yes. OK, yeah. I mean, listen, I, I've already said this. I was like, I don't even really know why I cast another actor to play flash because grant gustin is the flash <laughs> he's very uh -huh. allen to me i'm sorry like you know ezra yeah. miller you know he gave it the good old college try i guess uh -huh. um but i just like to me when i watched justice league i was just like i just was not feeling his performance i'm not really sure what ezra miller was going for his character was really weird to me like mm -hmm. I, I just wasn't gelling with him whereas mm -hmm. you know grant gustin he just brings like this uh, youthfulness. Yeah. I, I guess it's like a youthfulness and like an optimism to Barry yeah. Allen, which I really, really like. And I just was not getting that from yeah. this. And I was just like, mm -mm. nope. Uh, this is why I think <laughs> they need a plan. When in doubt, watch the cartoon. Right. They <laughs> said you have to do that. Exactly. Oh yeah, the the animated series is they're they're all yeah. good. They're right. all, yeah. So another topic, um, I'm going to add this in here because this, this just came out today. Um, mm -hmm. Fox announced that they have, I think, two or three, up to three more X-Men movies they want to do within... <laughs> within um, Your laugh is so shady. <laughs> this announcement came out today that they want to do a possibly three more by the time of 2020. Now, uh, Lawrence. Oh, God. Why? Who, who else do they have? Dark Phoenix is coming out this year, right? Yes. <sighs> it's I, I, coming I, out. I don't know if anybody's going to see it. No, we go, then you know, yeah. we're going to see it because we have to go. We have to be petty. And we're, I'm, I'm going to see it. Now, this movie did wrap up within a few months. 
Because remember, we saw, like, they was like, we're going to do the movie. And then, boom, we're done. And I was like, you know that's sketchy. Like, so we don't have a trailer. You know what's worrisome? We don't even have a trailer yet. The rumor is we right. We don't like a teaser or nothing. So the wait, let me see what the release date is because I know it's like this spring or something, right? I think it might be in November. Oh Lord. Mm. So the rumor is we may have something by WonderCon or Comic Con. Eventually, we'll have something for Comic Con. Well, I could save ten percent on my car insurance, but saving a Geico. So. What's what's really going on? I just, you know, we've talked about X Men mm-hmm. and their absolute disrespect <laughs> of mutants <laughs> and the Phoenix Saga. So, okay, I'm yep. not going to give them any kind of leeway with this. I'm, what are they going to do with these movies? You know, because what they going to put Jennifer Lawrence in there? Because you she's setting the world on fire with her Red Pigeon ass movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Did you get Red Pigeon? <laughs> Girl, like, don't nobody will see this wannabe Saw. <sighs> you know, when you get Morton's and the Adam Morton, so you have to get the dollar store version of Saw. Yes, but like, this yes, is sir. what that looks like to me. Right. Yeah, somebody <laughs> said just... that they said, the, they said they took the first draft of the Black Widow movie and they stole it, and this is where we get so. <laughs> Basically. Okay, so the so the new the, this new this latest at Dark Phoenix movie is supposed to be coming out in November second. So yeah, so I'm guessing we'll probably get like a trailer. I don't know, maybe they'll hold on to it until no, I, that's probably a little, maybe like Comic Con, like mm-hmm. San Diego Comic Con, we'll yes. see something or maybe a little bit before that. Yeah. I'm I'm really not looking forward to this movie now. I I feel bad because I remember a couple of years ago. You know, a few years ago, uh, you know, when they rebooted the X-Men, I was like, yeah, I could see Sophie Turner as, you know, Jean Grey. Yeah. And so, you know, yay, I called that one. But it was just like, but then I saw Apocalypse and I was like, this movie is a hot ass mess. I was just, mm-hmm. I was not here for it. Her, um, the guy they cast for the, the new Cyclops, super boring. And I mean, I almost got my black card snatched. Well. I should say that some people were upset with me when I, you know, when they cast Alexander Ship as Storm. And it was sort of like what you said about, you know, getting lighter skin, mixed race. Mm-hmm. Like she don't, I was like, she looks nothing like Storm. Mm-hmm. I just was not. And, you know, I, I'm always careful. Like, I don't ever want to denigrate black actresses or actresses of color. But sometimes you, mm-hmm. like, you have to say something. And yeah. I was just like, this is wrong. I was like, this is just not. Yes. Cool. You know what I mean? Like this is the second time that you guys have done this. Why can't you guys why can't you guys just lean in and mm-hmm. actually get an African actress yeah. or Kenyan actress that looks like a Lapita or a Danae yeah. to or Danae to play Storm? Like this is just mad disrespectful. And so they did that. And then I'm just reading now that the, the new mutant movie, the new mutants movie, mm-hmm. they're they're doing reshoots, they're pushing mm-hmm. the release date and um mm, that ain't good. Yeah, and then didn't the trailer, the trailer came out like around Halloween, right? Yeah. Something like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then I was watching it and I was like, who is this lady? Like this Latino <laughs> lady running around with a lab coat and mm-hmm. I find out that it's Cecilia Reyes? Mm-hmm. Hold up. I know for a fact that Cecilia Reyes is Afro-Latina, grew up in the Bronx and has dreadlocks. Yes. She yes. is a black Latino woman with dreadlocks and you have this Cafe au lait woman with like super straight hair. 
like yeah. that was the last <laughs> it was the last straw for me i was just yeah. like this is just disrespectful this she's black and then of yeah. course i had people in my mentions that were like oh well she's latina that's all that matters as long as they got a latina yeah. actress that's all that matters and i was like because that was the same the bro. same argument they had about um roberto, roberto because roberto was afro afro-cuban that too him too brazilian i'm sorry and they picked this which he's pretty but i was like mm, that's not i said y'all not even trying not at even all trying. but but again that goes back to the fact that i'm pretty sure at fox there are no black people there are no latino people that are in the positions of um they don't have a nate moore fox hmm. doesn't have an equivalent of nate moore DC doesn't have an equivalent of Nate Moore. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And I will never forget the fact that, you know, DC had hired their first black director. Because remember, I think it's Rick Famuyua. I'm always butchering his name. Mm -hmm. The guy who directed Dope. Mm -hmm. He was supposed to direct the Flash movie. Yes. And then he bounced. And he mm -hmm. left a very cryptic message yeah. <laughs> into the public. And I read right through it. He was like, I, I was trying to make creative decisions. And... I wasn't supported. And I read that as I was trying to put more people of color in there and I wasn't supported. Uh-huh. You know, yeah, you gave us a black Iris West. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> but awesome yeah, I was just too. um and then he left and I was just like, you know, I called it. I was like, they're gonna take a while to, you know, um announce who the new director is because it's gonna look bad for you to lose your one black director mm -hmm. and then replace and what did they do they replaced him with two white men yeah oscar isaac deserved better than apocalypse oh my god did he yeah. what I'm was like, that how dare you first of all how dare you disrespect apocalypse <laughs> how dare yeah. you disrespect oscar isaac <sighs> and like i'm just oh disrespect Apocalypse, Storm, yeah. Psylocke. I'm sitting here going like, y'all just you just put the characters in here and did nothing with them. But oh, yes, Psylocke. She's one of my favorite characters too. Mm -hmm. I was just so. I mean, when they said they cast Olivia Munn, I was like, you know what I mean? Like she's cool. Like she's a cool actress. I used to watch her oh. on that HBO series, uh, the one with Jeff Daniels. I can't remember the the, the name of it right yeah, now. Yeah, um, network, not network, but I know you're talking about. Yes, yeah. So she was on there. I thought she was cool. Here's the thing, though. I didn't know she was part Asian because the character that she played on the show, to my knowledge, that's how I approached her. That's how I approached mm -hmm. Olivia Munn when I first saw her. I was like, she's white, right? And then they were like, no, she's biracial. I was like, okay, cool. Mm -hmm. um, and then they cast her for... And so again, we get the biracial mm -hmm. casting. Okay, yeah. fine. Um, but... Yeah, she was saying, I remember I read an article where she was like, the first day that she got on set, like, you know, when she had to wear the Psylocke mm -hmm. um, costume, that it was so tight, they had to rub her down with KY jelly. Mm -hmm. for it I to read fit. that, yeah. Mm -hmm. That was, I'm sorry, yeah, I'm yeah. Know that. Which is funny, though, because, you know, as I was telling people, I said, I that's why I hate when they do Marvel movies, because what they did was, even though it was set in the 80s, they gave us the 90 characters. Like, for example... Mm -hmm. Uh, Jubilee wasn't even in the eighties. She was right. late. She was in. She was. Early, she was late eighties, basically early nineties. Yeah. And then Psylocke was still white, because if you and see that's my problem, and, and people know that because you know I get attacked all the time for being I'm so diehard comic that I can I can't look at I can't base things from movies only. I base right. things from movies and comics too because I've been reading comics for twenty million thousand years. 
But I was like telling people like y'all know that Psylocke was still white in the eighties. It was like she was white, and I'm like yes, and <laughs> she was white. And that, um, she's Betsy Braddock, right? And then that's yeah. when um, and then she they be- put her they put her consciousness in the in the body of a, a uh, full of Asian, Asian woman, woman right? Yeah. Which they is go finish shell her, right? Yeah. And, and that's like a reverse. Like I was like, yo, y'all could have. That would be like if y'all had like a Psylocke movie. Like mm-hmm. that would be so fascinating to see what mm-hmm. it is like, like waking up in the morning and you've been a white woman for X amount yeah. of years, and then you wake up and you're Asian. Yeah, you know what I mean. You've been you're a white, Asian rich, woman, fashion model. That, yeah, yeah, and then how, like how does that affect you? The way that you move in the world, all of that, and missed opportunity. Missed opportunity. Mm-hmm. And then Archangel Diane in a plane crash where he had those big ass metal wings. Oh, good lord! I'm like, okay, so so fuck Warren, right? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> they don't care about this franchise. I I'm just waiting for this merger to happen so that Marvel can get the rights back. Yes. Uh, because Fox has just disrespected the X Men franchise mm-hmm. for years. Like they just don't give an f. And so yeah. I'm like, yeah, I just need to take it back. And I was saying that gets them back. I think they should just put them on ice for a few years. Yeah. Like, don't even like give it give it enough time for people to kind of forget this think of this franchise mm-hmm. and then just recast it. I think the only person that they should just redeem out of that whole group is Storm. That's it. Yeah. Everybody else can take a time out. I, I can wait for y'all for a few years, but take Storm out. Um, you know what I mean? And I like I you could put her in Black Panther too. Like I would. You know what I mean? And she doesn't even need to be T'Challa's love interest or anything like mm-hmm. that. Like, you can make her, like, an ambassador or whatever, some sort of political, yeah. you know, ally to Wakanda or whatever. But, um, yeah, I, everybody needs to be recast. And the funny, the messiest thing that I saw was that <laughs> when the news of the Fox and the Marvel uh, merger came out, mm-hmm. uh, the actress who plays Storm Alexander Ship. Now I'm gonna be I'm I'll be honest. Like there were people who were very rude to her. They were coming into her mentions. Yeah, they they were, were like, "Yeah, girl. Were, now with are. the mention, now with the with the with the merger, you're out of the job." <laughs> like they were just being really. They rude. were. They were. You know how you know how the internet is. They. Yeah, but then she. Well. I guess she snapped because she wasn't having a good day. And she was <laughs> like, "Oh, y'all must be crazy if you think I'm gonna get recast this storm." And I was like. <laughs> I was like, you think Marvel's gonna keep you, girl? You are dreaming. You might get to come back, but you may be a sidekick, but you're not gonna be Storm, especially yeah, now. Right? Especially now, after Black Panther, you, girl, they're about to give you your new contract. It's like, well, you can appear, you can be a student, right? <laughs> save your school. We don't know who you are yet, but you can be a student. To pull a a, a line from Monica off Girlfriends, you uh, might want to get your resume together. True. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> like a black actress out of work a woman right right but it's like after seeing black panther like or just even marvel like they cast grown-ass women you know what i'm saying (laughs) like you can't like i'm trying to imagine alexander ship and chadwick boseman together and it's not happening for me Yes. So he's almost ten years older than her. Yes. So it would look they would just look crazy on screen together. And like have, it just wouldn't work. True. And after just having the chemistry between him and Lapita in Woo! this movie, yeah. you cannot they this is why I have faith in them. That was when Disney and Marvel handle this, they'll be like, Okay, we hear y'all. Okay. They'll be like mm-hmm. how B E T was about the Prince uh, uh tribute. It's yes. <laughs> like we yes. will handle this. We will handle yep. this. And so that's why I'm like you know, keep keep. I know, you know this is this is Fox Money Cow. 
it always has been Fox Money Cow. So right. they're gonna talk this talk, but as soon I mean, I can't wait to Disney just hand them that um that letter like, okay, thank you, thank you for your service. Bye. Get out. The only the only good thing that Fox has right now is Deadpool. Yes. That's it. And the Logan movie, the last Wolverine yes. movie, which I thought was yes. amazing. It yes. was fantastic. That's all y'all mm-hmm. got. All y'all got is Deadpool. Everything else is trash. I'm not seeing this New Mutants movie. X-Men needs to go. Fantastic Four. Let us not forget that Never one. Never again. They can keep. Oh, I don't. You know, I don't get the appeal of Fantastic Four. I never. They're boring. They are boring. But they have fascinating side characters, though, and I think that's what makes them who they are. Interesting side characters who they've all like Agatha Harkness, um, who was the the governess of Franklin the baby, but she was mm-hmm. like a like basically a supreme when it came to witchcraft. Oh damn! So she yeah. <laughs> she was no. You joke. need a, you need that kind of nanny for that baby. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, because Franklin, because some people don't know what Franklin is. So to give idea of what how powerful Franklin is, if you look at the new Incredibles, you know their baby is like all this. It can do all these weird things. That's what Franklin is. Franklin is kind of an omni mutant. He is a, he's a, he's a capable of many things. He can do. He can basically rewrite history and alter reality. So. So, you know, that's why they needed a governess who was basically a supreme. <laughs> so, yeah. So, so but, but again, the side characters made Fantastic Four interesting, but they never really focus on that in yeah. the movies. I mean, I, I do think that, because um, I watched the um, series, there was a Fantastic Four animated series that used to, that used to come on on the Cartoon Network. It looked mm-hmm. like an anime mm-hmm. sort of version of fantastic four mm-hmm. i fell in love with that series like it was it was really funny like i felt like they really got the essence of what the fantastic like they're a dysfunctional family right yeah. Yeah. all these different personalities like you know franklin like um reed is like super cerebral and kind of shy and just socially awkward and then sue and then you know and then you've got and then in the cartoon you you know you basically had this rivalry between the thing and Johnny Storm, like they were always pranking each other, and like it was like I would watch every episode, and I just could not stop laughing. And I was like, why could we not have gotten, uh, you know, a, a live action version of that kind of family yeah. dynamic? And so, I think I do think that if the Russo brothers took over Fantastic Four, if they do bring it over to Marvel, I do think that the Russo brothers could rehab the Fantastic Four mm. franchise. I really do, yeah. with the right casting. Yeah, with the right casting. Yeah. All right, so yeah, we we were just really all in this whole stuff today, y'all. So I hope y'all have been enjoying it. Uh, what else we got on Aunt May's TV? Want to talk about? We are going to talk about a little bit of drag. Mm-hmm. So I'll start with All Stars Three. So oh. All Stars Three happened last week, uh-huh. and they did the the main challenge was uh, Andy Warhol ball. And so they had to have a soup can look, which was inspired by one of his uh, <laughs> paintings. And then they had to have a disco look once. Like, side note, I think disco was the easiest thing to replicate in drag. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'll move on. So the bottom two were Shangela and Aja. Aja's look for her... Um, for her drag, for her disco, was very 
it didn't make sense. It wasn't seventies. It was more sixties. It was like Patty Duke or um, Sharon Tate, a la Valley of the Dolls. Yeah. And the references that she was getting to didn't make any kind of sense. And that's another thing. Like a lot of these new queens, their references don't correlate to what they're wearing. So, for example, if I say "Don't fuck with me, fellas," you already know that I'm talking about yeah, mommy dearest. Or when I say uh tonight's gonna be a bumpy ride you know that i'm talking about all about eve like it's a lot of these references that we pull from whether it's jokes whether it's style points that these new bitches don't get and the other, who was it there was an article there was a op-ed and i think either attitude or out that said, oh, we don't need to pay attention to history. I'm like, well, this is a clear example as you do need to pay attention to history. Because A, history always repeats itself. And B, if you don't know where you're coming from, how can you know where you're going? Mm. So Aja went home, which, I mean, girl, you don't get the crown, but you get the booking fee. Anyway. And I, they can go ahead and wrap this sucker up because... This happens to me every time. Like, I get excited for a drag race when it comes on, and then, like, three or four episodes in, I'm like, okay, let's wrap this up. Because, you know me, I'm in drag 24-7. Like, since the partner's doing jewelry making and costume making and it's down at the bar three four times a week, yeah. you know, I get inundated with drag yeah. every day. So, drag on TV and drag, what I see, are two different things. Yeah, You know, you can be all, la-di-da, I have this many followings, whatever, but can you turn the party and get these monies and pay your bills? That's yeah. what it really comes down to. All right. So in addition to All-Stars 3, season 10 of Drag Race, of RuPaul's Drag Race, <laughs> was announced. And I'm not going to go through all the cast because, we. It's, it's a, it's a, I don't want to. And B, we don't have that kind of time. <laughs> So a few that stood out to me were um, uh, Asia O'Hara. Asia is uh, typically a pageant queen, and my partner had worked with her when she came to Kentucky, I would say about four or five years ago. And she's sickening. Mm -hmm. Mayhem Miller, she works out in California. I think it was, I don't know where it was in California, but um, she's really good. Mm -hmm. Uh, Monet Exchange, <laughs> she's out of, uh, I think, Brooklyn. Yeah. And all these are, you know, black queens. So, you know, I'm already slightly in favor of a sister uh, winning. Uh -oh. mm -hmm. And another one that was out of, I think it was either Nashville. Uh, her name was Cameron uh, Michaels. And she, even though she's a white queen, you know, I don't have no prejudice against white queens she i thought she was really good um and she represents a style of drag or a type of drag queen that i don't think has been on that show one that is well she called herself a muscle queen so she's in the gym all the time but you know a lot of queens are either really skinny because mm -hmm. they can pass off as fish or they're either a queen of a larger size and there's no in between like for me when i do drag i usually have to cover up my arms because my arms are so defined i don't want that to take away from the illusion of female impersonation mm -hmm. 
But we'll see. Uh, this new season is supposed to start real soon, March 22nd. And you know us and Black Girl Nerds are going to uh, live tweet it. Yeah. So you can join in on All Star 3 live tweeting, as always, using the hashtag drag y'all. And we will be there on Thursdays, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. All right. I need to start watching this show. You know, I mean, I watch it here and there, but I, I, your recap, like your analysis, I was like, oh, I need to watch this show because I'm, I'm all I think about- you would like it. I think you would love the, the different fashions, mm-hmm. the different, um, especially RuPaul's commentary. Oh, gosh. Uh, yeah, you would get a lot of the references, which mm-hmm. he says. Um, and then, you know, drag is just everything. Yeah, even I mean, I catch it every once in a while too, and it's been it's been really talked about this, especially when it came down to I guess Trixie and BB and, and yeah. Um, the only I said this on Twitter: the issue that I have with RuPaul's Drag Race is not with the uh, the actual queens; it's with the fans because they think they know everything it is about uh, drag. And I'm like, look, girl, these hoes was doing drag when they was getting beat to death when they. Uh, when they were in pageants, when other bitches was putting glass in their powder. So don't come and talk to me saying, do you know everything about drag? Once you ain't never had a body on, you ain't never had an eyelash on, you ain't never had a heel on, and you can't turn the party. Can't turn the party. <laughs> right. Because if you can't turn the party, then girl, yeah. what you doing up there? Yeah, you know, I, I feel like um, we're in an age where the internet, internet is, is a fascinating place um, because... You got people who already have their viewpoints and things, and they're ready to go. And sometimes people are loud and wrong, but strong about it. You know, they loud and wrong and strong. So it's kind of funny to see how people come with things. But, you know, I, that makes it fascinating and fun. That's why I I, I love, even though I get tired of because, you know, every once in a while you get into discussions and you just like, I don't know where you're going, but okay. But I think it's interesting how people love to tell you about something that you already know. It's like, I'm going to tell you about how to be black. I'm going to tell you how to be gay. I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to tell you how to be a woman. I'm going to tell you how to be this. So I'm like, I'm glad. Okay, thank you. So, yeah, it's always fascinating. It is. And we have one more discussion of Aunt Mace T. Mm-hmm. So my girl, Miss Janelle Monet, with her fine self, Debuted a couple of music videos. Mm. Okay, so let's talk about Make Me Feel. Because <laughs> Make Me Feel made me feel. Woo, Lord. <laughs> Listen. I'ma I'm tell you what. I was like, here's the thing. Like, with Janelle Monet, the thing is that I've always loved her because she's always played with gender norms mm-hmm. and gender fluidity in all of her videos like if you watch her like a filmography of her videos like mm-hmm. this was just sort of like i mean she was just like okay i'm, I'm done with y'all i'm just gonna tell y'all um but <laughs> i think with this one i was just like oh my god janelle and tessa like can we get like 15 movies of them together like that would be yeah. really cool like yeah. yeah i just love the aesthetic like the aesthetic it was mm-hmm. clearly a like a prince homage and when she came out with like the chainmail outfit oh my god I was just like, I'm sorry. Like, she really fucked up lesbian and bi Twitter, like, yeah. a lot. A lot. I was just sitting there with feelings like, wow. I was just watching. I had nothing to say. I was like, I'm just going to let y'all have this conversation because I have nothing to add to it. <laughs> yeah, no, she was just, I mean, 
Oh, I just love them. I mean, I, I just love the video. I loved everything about it and just, but you know, that's been like the, the, the ongoing conversation, like, you know, in, in the, in, in mainstream, as far as like how people and how bisexuality works, you know, mm-hmm. what I mean? like it's always been like, pick a team, you know what I mean? And mm-hmm. I'm like, that's not how it works. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and it's not about picking a team. It's about liking both teams and mm-hmm. playing on both teams. You know what I mean? And so um, I'm just glad that we're, we're getting more depictions like that, where it's not about being confused or, you know, you're just uh, sexual or bi-curious or whatever it is, mm-hmm. whatever these words that they're using. Like people, these are people who are very, you know, secure in their sexual identity and they know that they enjoy a spectrum. And it's not mm-hmm. just dating men and women, cis men and women. It's, you know, also if you're um, attracted to gender non-binary, uh, non non-binary gender people, you know what I'm saying? And mm-hmm. so I'm glad she's putting that out in the public discourse. Mm-hmm. And I, I do hope they're dating. I, what's interesting is that I've been looking at like Tessa and Janelle's like timeline to see if they were confirming or denying mm-hmm. that they uh-huh. were they haven't said anything. I mean, I don't think they care. Yeah. <laughs> Quite frankly. <laughs> and when I think about it, they they looked beautiful as a couple as I was watching this video. And I was like, okay. And it was very, yeah, it was very sexy, very subtle, very smooth. It was just so many things. And I love the fact that a woman mm-hmm. of color are seeing this played out in the video setting to where it's like, I can watch this. I can see us. I can, you know, imagine these possibilities. And the beauty of it all you know it's not this whole you know i'm not knocking orange the new black but it's not that version of it it's a very sexy fun colorful you know playful thing about it so i i thought it was sexy i loved it i was a little jealous i don't know why i was jealous i guess because i was more <laughs> like oh i think that's too it's so pretty i want to be like i want to be a part of it i had no reason i had i didn't even know why that's why i guess it was coming out being jealous but very beautiful. And then the other video, the other video, I was like, okay. Janko Jane. Yeah. I'm like, I see what you're doing. I see what you're doing. And I'm like, come on, just drop everything already. It's time to just let, just, just give it, just give us all the stuff. We have nothing going on right now. Give us, give us something. <laughs> Let's finish Black History <laughs> Month with something nice. I mean, hell, I'm still listening to Arc Android. Arc Android, to me, that album, that was one of the best albums I have listened to in the past 10, 15 years. Hmm. That's actually on my top 10, yeah, top 10 albums of all time. Because yeah. wow. that was just like, there was something I didn't never heard before. You had futuristic uh, Afrofusion. You had an ode to classics. You had so many different sounds that weren't in mainstream Black music. Mm-hmm. And that just, it validated originality again. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, it, like the the um, song Sir Green Down was an old, it, to me, it always sounded like Moon River. Mm-hmm. Or you had, um, you know, had Cold War, you had Tightrope, you had Faster, Locked in, I mean, I could go on and stand for that album for the next hour or so, but <laughs> that I live for Janelle Monae. She's great. She is so dope. And uh, I think she did. And then last, what was what was great was like last week her videos dropped. And then um, I don't. Was it Vanity Fair? I forget which art, uh, which 
which magazine it was, she partnered up, Janelle partnered up with Jordan Peele, mm-hmm. and they did this whole, like, spread where they reimagined her as some sort of, like, Hitchcock type of detective. Mm-hmm. Thing. And she was dressed in, like, these amazing suits and, like, suspenders. Oh, my gosh, she was... Week. I was like, Lord. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> love the woman fashion flexible in her fashions. Yes! Yeah. I love that. I'm so glad people, I'm so glad that we have women like her in the world because, yeah. you know, little girls can look at that or other women can look at that and they can feel that they don't have to be constricted yeah. by gender or gender performance, that you can yeah. be whatever you want to be. Yeah, and, and, you're right because right. we haven't had anyone like that in our world since Grace Jones almost. Mm. Oh, uh, yeah. So True. Like, because, you know, like, you know, there was Annie Lennox and other people, but, you know, white people always had the women who took these risks and how they appear and how they will look from Madonna to Annie to all these other people, Kate Bush. But then we really didn't have that that much when it came to black Mm -hmm. women and performers. And so when you had Grace Jones, I always tell some of the young gays, like, look at this. I said, you talk about how Lady Gaga and Rihanna said, you really need to look at who really kind of gave you all this beforehand. And that's Grace Jones who played with so many gender roles and so many ideas and so much of everything. Um, the fact that she lived her, she still lives her life is kind of like <laughs> I do what I want to do. She is a real life stranger. Uh, it's nice to see um, <laughs> Janelle Monet kind of you know kind of play on some of those pieces and give this new generation like, hey, I don't have to be what this stereotypical black woman has to be. I can be whatever I want to be. I want to do whatever I want to do. If I cut off all my hair or whatever, I'm gonna do it all. So I like that. I really like that. Um, the thing I loved about her was because I remember when she first came out, um, she used to wear a lot of black suits, and I forgot which it, she won an award. And she said the reason why she wore the black suit was, you know, sort of like an ode to uniforms, which was mm-hmm. like an ode to her parents, to so a lot of you know hardworking blue collar people who had to wear uniforms every day, mm-hmm. and wearing that kind of keep kept her grounded of mm-hmm. where she came from. And then you know there there and then what happened was. You know, you had the ashy, ashy, ashy black man Twitter using Janelle Monet as a weapon, as a way to to slut shame or to shame black women and mm-hmm. how they dressed. Right? Mm-hmm. They were like, "Oh, why can't y'all be like Janelle Monet? You see how she's covered up? She doesn't have her boobs out. She's not <laughs> doing this. She's not doing that. She don't have no fake weaves in her hair." What mm-hmm. I loved about Janelle is that it seems that it, she caught wind of that. Right. Mm -hmm. And she was like, oh, no, y'all not going to use me against my sisters like that. And then she flipped it. And that's when she came out with yoga. Yeah. Holy crap. (laughs) And then you just saw her like out there with like the like super curvy dresses with the heels and whatever. And she was like me changing how I'm dressing, even dressing. That doesn't make me any different than when I wear a suit and when I cover up. That means nothing. You know what I mean? And she was just like, you are you guys are not going to use that to shame other women in, you know, how they feel about their, you know, their, their sexual confidence. And I just, I just fell in love with her for that. You know what I mean? Cause she could have just taken the easy route and not said anything, but I just love that she just came out there and she was just like, yeah, I'm for my sisters. How are you dressed? I don't care. doesn't matter to me. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Well, all right. I think that is, um, and I also want to do a quick correction. It wasn't two or three movies. It is six X-Men movies. By 2020. This is Trump's doing. This is his distraction. This is his distraction to keep us. We're only in year two. Let's see if we can make it. Right. 
you but leave the rest of us alone <laughs> all right so we're going to take a break and then when we come back we're going to talk some more with rebecca especially about m- movies and remakes so we're going to talk about that as we come back Universal FanCon is a brand new convention coming to the Baltimore Convention Center in April of 2018. FanCon will be a round-the-clock event featuring comics, cosplay, gaming, celebrity guests, music, and more with a focus on diversity and inclusion. Get your tickets now at UniversalFanCon.com because geek is universal. All right, so we are back, and as y'all know, we have a special guest today. We have um, Rebecca Theodore Vachon. I'm saying, how is that? How you pronounce your last name? Yeah, you, you got it right. Rebecca Theodore Vachon. Okay, yep. Vachon. So we have her on the show. And if, again, if y'all don't know about Rebecca, Rebecca is really giving it to you when it comes to movies and film and everything that's in the entertainment industry. She has been on MSNBC. <laughs> she was on there talking about Black Panther looking fabulous, um, as well as giving you some good commentary, as well as y'all pay attention to other work she's been doing, because if you want to see more from her, go on her Patreon, too. So I'm sure you'll talk about that, but I just wanted to put that out there, because I know you have oh, a Patreon as well. But um, yeah, we are back, and we're going to get into the king size issue, to where we're going to talk about you know movies and remakes and reboots, because... You know, at one point, I felt that, you know, we we were early in the early 2000s or the mid-2000s, we were seeing a lot of that. Like, Clash of the Titans came back, and we saw other films that just didn't always make it. We saw, the like, different um, versions of Nightmare on M Street and Friday 13th. And none of these movies really, really hit it out the box. So I thought we were done with these. But recently... Television has hit that moment. We had Will and Grace back. We got Roseanne back. We got all this other stuff back. And Murphy Brown. Murphy Brown. Oh. A lot of these white shows, to be honest with you, and, and, and everything else, they want Queer as Folk to come back, which I don't want back. We got other movies. We got, we got more stuff is popping up. Um, rumors that Martin is coming back. Um, oh, just so much. So, you know, to start this conversation, let's just talk about, like, why are we seeing this again? What is the draw of this? Um, I I personally think that it's the Trump effect. I think what's going on is that people we're living in like really dangerous times right now, and people are just feeling scared and unsure. And I think you know, going doing these reboots or um, you know, revisiting these series is sort of a sense of nostalgia. It's kind of bringing you back into. A place where you felt safer hmm. you know whether you were a kid or a teenager or whatever so you know like with murphy brown that was like in the 80s right mm-hmm. murphy brown was especially known because you know it, her character was like this very outspoken feminist um you know she you know her character had a baby out of wedlock and um what was it was it quail i forget yeah it's quail yeah that was just calling her out or whatever and so i guess they felt like it made sense to bring back Murphy Brown because they're like, oh, I guess CBS was like, hey, we had a series that was talking about feminism like 30 years ago, and so let's bring it back. Let's let let's see where Murphy is now in 2018 or whatever. See 
their point. But the thing is, while I I love Murphy Brown, I watched it and I enjoyed it. That show was super white. Yeah, it there was. were no women of color on that show except for like you know because the running gag on Murphy Brown was like every episode she had a different secretary because she was just so like so it would be a different actress. So sometimes you see some of the actresses would be actresses of color or whatever, but they only stayed for one episode. But to my to my recollection, I don't remember black women in any leading roles on, you know, Murphy Brown or whatever. So yeah. I'm not really sure what kind of commentary you can make on feminism in 2018 or 19 or whenever this, mm-hmm. this, this you know, uh, new show comes out without you including women of color in it. Like, yeah. if you're going to bring back the same exact cast, I don't want to watch that show. No. Like you're not you're not saying anything new to me. Goodbye. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, you know, as I was talking, you know which actress I could see could actually be on Murphy Brown and I could kind of see her standing toe to toe with Murphy Brown is Gabrielle Union. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, you know, because Gabby has like that. She's very like she she's whip smart and she has like great comedic timing. Mm-hmm. And I could see her kind of like shaking things up. Yeah. Um, but well, she's working on her own show on NBC, yeah. so I don't know if that's... I don't think that's going to happen. I was thinking of Felicia Rashad as someone around that age. Oh, If you wanted like to, like, that. to have, like, yeah. maybe, you know, Murphy's doing... A, and maybe Felicia is the new, you know, she runs the show or she's, like, the the, the CEO of the company that Murphy is coming back to. And maybe yes. they have the moments where they're clashing, where they had a conversation like, well, Murphy, if you're going to talk about feminism, then you better talk about us. Like something like that. And right. so that's what I was thinking. I was like, if you're going to do it, then bring in somebody who would be at, you know, at her level or higher to where she has right. to think about these things. That's a great idea. Girl, listen, you need to tweet that. <laughs> I see, like, that's an excellent idea. Someone who is her peer in her age range. And Felicia mm-hmm. just has that graciousness and like she kind of but she's sort of like a she's like velvet and steel mm-hmm. where it's like mm-hmm. you know what i mean at yeah. first but don't mess with her yeah, yeah i could i could see that i yeah. could see that well she That'd... is she still doing that show on amazon well they canceled it of course they did <laughs> it didn't look good <laughs> i was like i was like I, I was here for the aesthetic of of, of felicia rashad in a white suit she looked mm-hmm. fantastic but then I saw the rest of the trailer and I was like, I don't think I can commit to this show. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It ain't happening. Speaking of her, I always see her as a villain. I can see her as a good villain. Oh, have you seen her on Empire? Oh my God. No. She did play a good villain in Empire. Yeah. I will give her that. I mean, as messy as that show can be. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, she, she, was, gets... she was giving Cookie a run for her money. Oh, wow. I might need to go back and look at it. I got direct, so I might have to pull up just to look at those episodes alone. Yeah, yeah, take a look at it. I, I was actually really surprised at how good. I mean, I'm with you. I, the show is messy, and I, I kind of watch it here and there. But yeah. yeah, she makes a really effective villain. Now, do, now, do you think that we may this may end soon? Because I'm really hoping it will. Because I'm because I'm like, if you're going to reboot something, like when they brought back Will and Grace, I was like, you're not changing nothing. They still white, living in New York in these nice apartments and drunk. Is that is that the point of us bringing this back, or you know, what is the point? So, do you see this trend ending, or do you think it is because of the Trump effect we're going to have it until uh, things change? Um, I mean. The one reboot that I was very pleasantly surprised at 
and I think that's why I'm I'm hesitant to say like no more reboots, although I'm tempted to say it all the mm-hmm. time. The one day at a time reboot on, oh, on yeah. Netflix mm-hmm. is amazing. Like I like I was just sitting there like with my mouth hanging open at how good it was because mm-hmm. they got Norman Lear, who was um, you know, the original executive producer of the first um day at a time. Day at a time was white, Bonnie mm-hmm. Franklin, um, mm-hmm. Mackenzie Phillips, Valerie Bertinelli. Mm-hmm. The reimagining is a Cuban American family, mm-hmm. right? And then uh, Rita Moreno plays the grandmother. She's fantastic in it. Yeah, um, she can act her ass off. What? Yeah, that whole cast was out to watch. Justina Machado, and I've been saying this. I was like, this woman needs an Emmy nomination. I'm mm-hmm. just really. What is the deal with so many? It's like it's 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 trademark Norman Lear, right? Yeah. Where you're dealing with you know, um, every, you know, common day issues, everyday issues or mm. political issues, but it's entertaining at the same time. And they're, they're tackling a lot of heavy stuff on this show, you know, immigration on the show at towards the end of the first season came out mm. as a lesbian. Mm-hmm. Um, you know what I mean? And, and what I loved about it is that even in the second, um, season, they continued that story and they gave her a girlfriend. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so, yeah, and then um, Justino Machado's character, the mother, she is a former and she uh, or a military vet, and she suffers from PTSD, um, and she also suffers from depression. And I'm telling you guys, there was this one episode where she was, because uh, we find out she's clinically depressed, right? Hmm. Um, and she just could not get out of bed. Like, her mother was like, what is, she was like, what's going on? You've been in bed for like three days, what's going on? And she was talking to a friend of hers, and she was like, everything is going right in my life. She was like, everything is good. I, you know, I have a, a boyfriend, and everything's good, my job. But she was like, but that's not, you know, it, they were basically making the message that that's not how depression works. Yeah. Depression is not whether you have a good day or a bad day or whatever. It is actually the chemicals in your brain. That mm. is, you know what I'm saying? Like, that is what it is. And, and external forces can sometimes have an effect, but, you know, sometimes everything is rosy. Yeah. and mm-hmm. she did a fan like that episode just blew me away i was i was just so shocked at how well written it was mm-hmm. um didn't they do an episode of depression mm-hmm. uh on blackish one who had it yeah um it was the postpartum it was a uh, i was about to say joan crawford uh on joan clayton um rainbow uh, tracy's character rainbow. really yeah yeah, it was it was about postpartum. I'm saying it were postpartum depression, depression. Um, but that was a very good episode um, to watch too. So if you get a chance, everybody y'all should check that out too. But, I haven't watched Blackish only because I don't like uh, Anthony Allen uh, Anderson. <laughs> no. What did he do to you? He's just. Ugh. What did he do to you? I just can't take him seriously. Yikes. <laughs> But Jennifer Lewis is in there, and I was like, okay, that might be, yeah, that outweighs the bad. Well, so, so, I get another question I would have is, so what do we see any new trends coming? And I and I say that because some people say, well, duh, Black Panther, but are are there other trends that we're just not seeing that you believe that are coming around the bend? On the on the TV side, uh, uh, both TV or uh, in film. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I well, I'm a, well, I will say this. I do think on the movie side, um, I really do feel that studios are taking a look at Black Panther. I think they're really paying attention because, you know, 
as much money as as Hollywood generates, I mean, they are losing money. You know, they're mm-hmm. you know, there's box offices overseas. You know, that are that are making like the China box office is ridiculous, and I'm mm-hmm. not even talking about the movies we import over there, mm-hmm. export over there, um, but like the movies that they make for themselves is mm-hmm. ridiculous. Like they are cranking out like 400, 500 movies a year. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So I think, you know, there, some of the studios are in free fall. They're trying to figure out, you know, what 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 is working, what is not working. Mm-hmm. And I think with Black Panther, I would not be surprised if you, all of a sudden you're going to start seeing, to me, I think what's going to happen is you're going to start seeing projects or, or leads of color, probably projects that they had rejected mm-hmm. or shelved years ago and they were like hey we can't sell a movie with a black lead or we can't sell a movie with a person of color lead Mm -hmm. and they're gonna dust off these projects and they're gonna start cranking them out Hmm. you know what i mean um but like we said earlier it you know it's you can't replicate the recipe of black panther just like that true like there has to be that infrastructure on the tv side expect more of these damn reboots (laughs) these reboots revivals i watched the x-files revival and i was mad i was like i mean they, yeah, they did a second season. i have not been back but i was so hyped because i was the biggest x-files fan i was just huge i was just like i loved Mulder. like that was my crush mm-hmm. and then i saw it when it came out last year and i was like what is this garbage no 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 <laughs> this isn't good people are telling me the second season is better but i'm not with so much tv like they have to get their shit right off jump you don't have time for them to warm up you know there's too much good tv out there to for them to Absolutely. be fucking around yeah. yeah i mean i i think what we will see is more superhero tv shows um i finished the first season of runaways on hulu which mm-hmm. was good hmm. um i'm I, like i was watching it kind of like trying to read the comic at the same time um but it was good it, it got renewed for a second season um i do know there's another uh and then over, so over on um Freeform, they're they're gonna have the uh, cloak and dagger, mm-hmm. right? Uh, Gina Prince Blythewood, uh, Blythewood uh, directed the first episode of that, and then there's another one. I don't know if it's on Freeform. It's the it's the group with um, that has Squirrel Girl in it. Um, the and Thunder, Girl. the Thunder, you know what about. yeah, Thunderbolts. The what? The Thunderbolts. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So that so that has been made into a TV series, and so um, that's going to become yeah. So I have a feeling that we're going to see more comic book shows being adapted for television. Easy side on 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 um, um, the CW. I think they pretty much have enough shows. I don't know that they can bring another one. Well, they need they need to um, just have a they need to take a nap with. <laughs> it was a. Like, well, I do know that on this this Sci-Fi Channel, mm-hmm. um, the Krypton series is going to be airing next month, mm-hmm. and so it's 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 based on <laughs> Superman's yeah, and so it's basically Superman's grandfather. Yeah. Uh-huh. I mean, listen, I'm gonna be oh New Warriors. That's that's the one. Oh, that's right. That's right. I'm um, New Warriors. Yeah, right. yeah. So I think that one is supposed to be um, coming on television this year or next year. I don't. I, I forget which um, network they're going to be on, but. But yeah, it was just sort of like, um, I like Superman, and I when I watched Man of Steel, I had actually said that I, I loved the beginning opening scene of Krypton and 
you know, I was like, and I had said to myself, I actually wouldn't mind a TV series. I mean, I wouldn't mind a movie of Krypton or whatever. Of course, it's yeah. sort of like a prequel. Again, it's like, y'all ain't got no powers. Like, you're not <laughs> flying on Krypton. <laughs> yeah. Right? Because the whole thing with Superman is that the reason why he has those powers is because we have a yellow sun. Yes. Right? Mm-hmm. So if you're doing a show on Krypton where nobody's super powered, isn't it like Game of Thrones? Is, am I wrong? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I'm not. I'm not. I'm. I mean, I'm. I don't know if I'm looking for because I've I've always thought Superman was boring as a character, but I feel like mm-hmm. we'll see what happens with this. Um, but you know, it's you're right, and we're getting a lot more of these superhero type of shows. But we, I think we're going to also see the, the new. We'll see more supernatural series, but we'll actually we'll see them with people of color. And, and I know sci-fi has been cute with that because they, they had the superstition, which I thought did pretty well. Um, I don't know if they have a second season yet, but it was nice to see Mario Van Peebles, who still looks fine um, as the father, father figure in that. But you're right. I feel like we are seeing so much more of these superhero movies, so many shows. But I, I feel like it's going to be a burnout soon if we're not careful. I think, yeah, I think um, I would love to see, like, some original. See, I mean, because the thing is we do have successes. Like, um, you know, Atlanta's coming back for the second season on March Mm -hmm. 1st, and it it just blew everyone out the water. I mean, it was just, like, Emmy Awards, SAG Awards, like, your first season in. Really, Donald Glover? Okay. And so (laughs) I'm happy for him. Um, And so, you know, that um, Insecure, um, you know, we're seeing, like, um, what I would like to see is more investment in stories of people of color. Yeah. Um, other underrepresented communities. I think that's where that's where the future of television is, is letting us tell the stories. Like Queen Sugar's coming back for a third season. Yes. Um, I like Greenleaf. Um, I finished, I, I, there's a couple of episodes I need to finish the, the second season. Mm-hmm. But there's definitely some really good original dramas with people of color. Um that are doing well and, you know, and getting awards. And I, and I think that's a good thing. Like, I know that um, uh, there was this one show that they were trying to do. What, I was just thinking about it. Uh, Greenleaf. Uh, yeah. Um, I know Ava DuVernay um, had announced that she and Victoria Mahoney are going to be uh, adapting the Octavia Butler series. Hmm. That is what I'm really excited yeah. about. I mean, because I think Victoria Mahoney is still working on the script and Ava, you know, is partnering with her yeah. or whatever. So they're doing Dawn, the the Dawn, uh, the first one, uh, the Xenogenesis series. Mm-hmm. And I can't wait to see what that looks like because it's such a fantastic story. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think it will be hard for them to find a network. Yeah. I could see like a HBO or like, you know, like one of those prestige cable networks. Yeah. Like I can uh-huh. them lining up you know, because the good thing about Ava is that she, you know, she has that rep. She's Oscar nominated. She's Emmy winning, whatever. She's hot. So I think if she has something like that, that it will, it would definitely be something that um, other networks would be interested in. So, yeah, um, yeah I, I, I want to see more black sci-fi. I think that's the other thing that I, that I hope that Black Panther will inspire other networks and, and um, other studios is that, you know, now there's this beautiful to see is like how Afrofuturism is now part of the American language now, right? Mm-hmm. It was kind of like for us, the blurs, and now it's gone mainstream, and so I'm like, yeah, can we get 
some more Afrofuturistic stories? Can we get, you know, like I, my dream is to see like a, a steampunk, like sci-fi movie with yeah. like people of color. Yeah. I, I, I would yeah. just, I would kill to see that. I would kill yeah. to see that. That would be so dope. And I think we get a little bit of tease with that, with um, Into the Badlands. I think we get a little bit of that. Um, yes! Which is coming back very soon. I feel like yeah. it's been gone forever. But yeah, it's, you know, we get a little bit of that with that series. But I would love to see, you know, another a different take. Something, you know, uh, something else that is happening with that type of genre. Yeah. <clears throat> I would like to see queer representation, um, not the stereotypical white guy finds white love and then something happens <laughs> and then they fall apart and then they're back together and yada 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 yeah. i'm tired of that shit yeah. i'm tired of these like uh this will and grace the whole affluent white gay i'm a laugh and kiki and up with you um bullshit like why is that even back anyway yeah. it's just like come on there's enough stories different stories that you could tell now i know uh ryan murphy is doing pose which is yes. in eight mm-hmm. the 80s and a lot of trans trans women of color have uh, signed on so i think that's supposed to be out this year i'm not sure yeah. oh it is, um it's coming out it's funny that you mentioned that because um this past sunday i went to an event that was hosted by angelica ross Mm-hmm. Um, uh-huh. a, a black trans actress and activist who was actually on Pose. Um, so, yeah, she had like a, because there was the, the Loud 100 uh, awards, and so she hosted sort of like an after party or something like that um, in Harlem. And so I got to meet her for the first time, so I was so happy. And then uh, the other the other two actresses that are on Pose, the other two trans actresses on Pose were there too. So I got to meet them too. And they had nothing but positive things to say. They were like, you know, working on the set was just amazing. Mm-hmm. And they were like, it's just, it was just so, you know, like their, the, their, their characters and their transness is not tokenized. Mm-hmm. Stories are not, oh, how I became a trans woman. Like when you meet these characters, they are they're secure in their identity already, and so it's really about being, you know, in the in the dance culture, like the ballroom culture, all of that. That's right. what, and so I was just so happy to hear that, and yeah. Um, so I think Angelica said it's supposed to be airing June or July, I think. Oh, if it was June, that'd be perfect for mm-hmm. since that is uh, Pride Month. Yeah. yeah. So if you guys are doing a live tweet of that, please, I wanna I wanna join in on that. Oh, hold on. Okay. I can, yeah. So go ahead and write that down. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah i was when ryan murphy initially said he was going to do that i was like oh what no. the hell this white guy no. more about i was like now just because you seen vogue evolution on america's <coughs> best dance pro now you know everything <laughs> now you uh butch queen first time in ball yeah like come on now but if they give his blessing give the blessing then you know i'm down for it mm-hmm. um i don't now this is just for me um I'm a big disaster flick kid. You know, I come from the time where Erwin Allen was doing the Poseidon Adventure, Earthquake, Towering Inferno, you know, those kind of Mm -hmm. movies. And I would like to see those come back, but done good. I don't want Roland Emmerich in them because, you know, that's his wet dream is everybody dying. (laughs) Yes, it is. I would like to see something like that come back again yeah. okay that's 
But yeah, more queer stuff, more black women. Mm-hmm. New stories. And don't we don't need another Martin we don't need a Martin reboot. We don't need a living single reboot. We don't need a Fresh Prince reboot. Like, come on. You know what we do need, though? And and I'm going to stand by this one. Girlfriends. Oh, my God, yes. No closure <laughs> from that show. Y'all yes. got to do a revival. We, we have, have to close it. Here. They look fantastic. Marabraka Kill, you know, is in her glory with Black Lightning right now. Mm-hmm. Even if it's like a two-hour movie... Or like a mini series, like like four episodes. Like y'all gotta wrap these stories up. Yeah, just wrap I just it up. Not how it ended. Because everybody's everybody's getting along again. Tony can come. We can we can visit New York. Tony can come back. Something can go. You know, wherever. Please. I mean, I kind of want. I even want to know what happened to Todd. <laughs> uh, right. Short ass. It's fine ass. He was his short self. <laughs> right. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah. After Tony had left, I kind of I was like, then what's the point? You know, Pretty it was just yeah. so. It was like when Kyle left Living Single. It was like, ah, uh, there was something missing, and it, it was just a shame. Yeah. But I've heard, like, I think uh, uh, Jill Marie Jones had did an interview one time and said she was interested in doing some kind of revival, but I don't know I how long ago that was. I think you should do it because I, I do remember. Um, the Essence Awards, it was a couple mm-hmm. of years ago. All four of them were on yeah. stage to give. Um, so it seems like they pretty much, like, whatever beef or whatever, they yes. squashed it. Yeah, I would love to. I love girlfriends. I love girlfriends. Yeah. I do, like, a mini, like, a mar- like our marathon of girlfriends at least twice a year. Oh, wow. All, like, from season one all the way to the end. Like, I just. Yeah. It's like being at home. It's just like being at home with your girls. That's True. that's how I, I feel. It is. And yeah. I laugh, I laugh at girlfriends because I always make the joke, which some people come after me for that. Because I always say like mm-hmm. the first season of Girlfriends was like the first season of Sex in the City. You can, you can. It was a huge change after the second, yes. after the second season. I agree. I agree. Yeah, yeah. The second season was because even the first season, like Joan would break the fourth wall and talk into the camera, much yeah. like Carrie, Carrie did. Yeah. I think Carrie did that the first season too, yeah. and then they just wrapped it and just did the voiceover <laughs> like, after nope. that. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. So I think that does bring it into our show. Yeah. Uh, Rebecca, uh, tell everybody where they can find you and if you have any upcoming projects and events coming up. Oh, sure. Um, uh, you can find me on Twitter at filmfatale underscore NYC. Um, I'm also on Instagram. Is it under the same name? Let me take a look. <laughs> I forget what my Insta- I always forget what my Instagram I, is. I, I do so, too. Yeah, so Twitter at Fonfital underscore NYC. Um, and then Instagram, you can find me at is it Fonfital? NYC. Fonfital underscore NYC. Same as Instagram. Um, so let's see what's going on next Thursday. Doing an academy panel with Ava DuVernay. Yeah, I, saw, I was like, Ooh. look at that. So for Wrinkle in Time. And so um, I have some friends that are, you know, I have a couple of friends who are going to be coming. And so I asked one of them um, to see if they can try to do a live tweet. And, you know, because I, I want you guys to kind of see what's going on. And so mm-hmm. hopefully they'll take like some 
you know, Periscope vids and some live tweeting. I have to come up with a hashtag or whatever. So that takes place on Thursday, March 8th. And then Friday, March 9th, I fly down to Austin, Texas. Um, and I'll be covering the South by Southwest Film Festival, which will be going on from March to the 17th. So I'll be covering some movies, some TV panels. Um, uh, the cast of The Shy is going to be down there, uh, Lena Waits show. Yeah. She's going to be down there. Uh, Blackish, Kenya Barish, uh, the creator of uh, Blackish, will be down there. Um, and there's also a panel for This Is Us. And I love Sterling K. Brown, so I'm going to do everything in my power. <laughs> oh, yes, you have to get a picture with him. Yes, yeah. Yeah, and then um, and and one of the highlights is that uh, Barry Jenkins, uh, the Oscar dar- Oscar winning director of uh, uh, Moonlight, will be doing one of the keynote. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, so that's March 11th. So yeah, so I'll be covering it, and I'll be on Twitter too, so you guys can kind of follow me. I'll keep you guys. All right. So yeah, so next week's going to be pretty fun. It's going to be pretty exciting. You get your outfit together. I know you was looking for one. Listen, I'm like, like, I'm like looking on Amazon. I've been looking like online because like I've been going to stores and I don't see anything. It seems like I find better outfits online for some reason. I have hmm. no idea. Um, but yeah, for the Avon one, I'm kind of thinking maybe something like she likes bright colors. I yeah. noticed that when she wears bright colors. So I was like wearing black would just be boring. So I think I might bust out with something yellow. Oh yes. Well, yeah. Well, yeah. well you you're good for fashion because I remember you were posting pictures and you gave us some give us some good lip. You gave us some. Yeah. Some, thank you. <laughs> I was like, okay, come on, come on, lips. With my clothing situation for next week, best believe that I have my makeup appointment. <laughs> that was the first thing I did because Ava does not play with her makeup. Like she's mad cerebral and very smart, but if you look at, she always has herself looking together. Yeah. Like her makeup is. Lawless, so I was like, I can't be going up on that stage looking like. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> I uh, my little YouTube tutorials are not gonna cut it. <laughs> yeah. Because you know how Twitter is. My Twitter, Twitter be like, yeah, um. Makeup personally done that day. <laughs> <laughs> I know yeah. that's right. Yeah, but thank you, thank you guys so much for having me on. You got you two are two of my favorite people on on Twitter. So thank you so much. I feel honored. Thank well, well, thank you. Thank you for joining us. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming. And, you know, as always, you can find us on Twitter. I'm at Porter Pizzazz, Victor's at Wonderman 5. You can follow the podcast at Megashane Pod. We're on Instagram at the... Is it the Megashane or Megashane Pod? Megashane Pod. Megashane Pod. Listen, it's been a long day. We're on Facebook at the Megashane. You can follow and subscribe and comment on the podcast. We're at SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play. If you want to ask us a question, answer, ask us a question, we want to answer it on the show, you can email us at megashane6 at gmail.com and also go to our brand new website, megashanepod.com. Yes. Anything else before we get up out of here? Uh, <laughs> no. Um, y'all be good. Be nice and listen. <laughs> I, I know that's right, and that's a word. That's a word. All right. Bye, Until everybody. Next time, y'all.